Assurance of Pardon is sponsored by Logos Bible Software, the most advanced Bible study tool for both ministers and laypeople. Available on iOS and Android for phones and tablets, as well as on your Windows or Mac computer or laptop. Get the most of your time in the scriptures with Logos Bible Software. For more information and 15% off your next Logos package plus five free ebooks, visit assuranceofpardon.com slash logos. Now, on with the show. Welcome back, AOP listeners. Gage here with Assurance of Pardon. Recently, we had the opportunity to interview our friend Chad Bird from the podcast 40 Minutes in the Old Testament, as well as other resources on 1517.org. Here is part two of that conversation. We hope you enjoyed the show. I went everybody's head about the bird. There's a, um, uh, a a really really bad meme you see on Facebook that says uh, whenever you see a Goliath in front of you, know that means that their God must have have placed a David inside of you. And I saw a, a meme and it's a picture of Bathsheba and it says whenever you see a Bathsheba in front of you, know that there's a David inside of you. No, yeah. that needs to be edited. There's no way that we get away <laughs> with saying that. No, I think what I'm trying to get at is is we are uh, I, I, it reveal you know what's great about that meme is that it uh, I don't want to edit it out because it, it it actually is showing the problematic way in which we selectively uh, insert ourselves into biblical stories, um, reading ourselves as you know again as we said earlier in the conversation as. Um, reading ourselves as David. Okay, what's the what's the Goliath in my life that I need to slay? Um, mm-hmm. and, and and yet we we don't. And so we we would call people to be to imitate David, except not there. Oh, and not over there, and not over here, and not over here. And, and so you know, as to, to to paraphrase Carly Simon, you're so vain. You probably think this psalm is about you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's so great. We found the title of this, of this podcast. I love it. That's going to be the name of Chad's new book. Um, yeah, there you go. There you go. Let me, let me jot that down before I forget. Yeah. Well, I mean, is isn't that the the tendency we always have? I mean, we always want to make something about ourselves. Yeah. It, you know, it doesn't matter what. <laughs> What the situation is, we love making things about us. I mean, that just that's the egocentricity that's foundational to fallen humanity. You know, we are in curvatus in se. We are curved in on ourselves, navel gazers. Uh, so, yeah, when we read the Bible, our our tendency is to be like, okay, well, you know, how is how is this going to help me? How is this going to show me what to do? How is this going to be a, a model for me? And I'm not. I'm not saying that that's not at least sometimes useful. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it can be. I'm not I'm saying that there's no exemplary value to the scriptures with with regard to our actions. But if that's the if that's what we're asking, if that's really the key question we're asking, yeah, we're just gonna. Why do you need the Bible? There's a whole lot of literature out there that provides a whole lot more moral examples. If you're just looking for moral literature, well, you, you're the the world is full of books that will do that. Get you copy of Aesop's fables, or there you go. That's all you need. Uh, if, when Christianity is boiled down just to, ne- to to moralism, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is what leads people to say all religions are basically the same. And, yeah. uh, and, and I, and I will always respond to that is if, if Christianity is moralism, uh, get your crap together and, and you'll go to heaven, straighten up and fly right. Then, then Christianity is not only, uh, just like other religions, it may be even, it may be inferior. It may have harder rules, right? So, yeah. it, uh, it's, it's absolutely, uh, uh you know, the, the church has done a disservice. Uh, um, so, yeah. Yeah. A couple of things yeah. come to mind first. Uh, and I think Scott, if I remember correctly, I think you got this, uh, coffee mug for Father's Day. You know, there's that talking about David memes, right? There's the, the, the artwork of David and Goliath. And, and then there's the, the, the typing over the top of it that says Goliath. And then it shows David and it says, not you. Like this is, this is, <laughs> yes. this is not it. Right. And yeah. And, and I also think about, you know, this past week I saw, um, a, a business owner buddy of mine, a really, really successful um, business guy, post this status that basically said, hey, if you're not working 80 hours a week, um, then you prepare to be average. And I was like, and that sounds like a good way to get divorced. Like only a single guy with no no wife and kids would say, let's work 80 hours a week. I was like, you know, between work-life balance and you know, honoring the Sabbath, I guess I'm average, you know, and, and, but that's, that's honestly how evangelicalism and, and, you know, we talked about it last week, pietism approaches even the Old Testament, right? It reads Proverbs and thinks, okay, here's my to-do list I've been waiting on. Here's this law that I think I can, can possibly follow. Um, and then, you know, you're either going to do one or two things. We said this every single week because it matters and it bears repeating. You're either going to think, well, I got to figure out how to get this boulder up this hill or the boulder is going to crush you and you're, you're going to walk away, uh, defeated. You know, that's the whole point of the rich man and, and Jesus. Like he he gets to the point and he realizes what you know I can't do enough I can't can't do this thing and Jesus is actually trying to free him um, from the doing uh, you know from all the law that he's kept since birth and all this other stuff and and you know you're going to reach a point where it's going to crush you it's going to be a weight that you can't bear or when the when the bottom falls out and you do fail you're going to think well there's no way god could still love me there's no way god could still care about me uh, i've i've gone too far this is a, a bridge bridge too much you know that sort of deal and um that's the beauty of the gospel is the reason it's disparaging the character of every single person is because there's one hero and his name's jesus yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think our temptation is always to, with regard to the law, is to lighten the law to make it to make it keepable, right? Yeah, if, uh, it's the same thing the you know the the rich young really we're talking about did. You know, if I can if I can uh, lighten the law to where it's only about my actions, well then I might have a chance of keeping it. And we really miss the intent of the law. The, the intent of the law is to is to go all the way down to the heart, right? Because that's where everything it's where everything bad begins. And once you realize that, uh, that that's really what the goal of the law is to do, is to speak directly to what's happening inside your heart. You realize well, it doesn't matter if I never uh, sleep with somebody besides my wife. It doesn't really matter if I never take a hammer upside my, my neighbor's my neighbor's head. Uh, if if I ever have any intentions of hatred or lust within my heart or envy within my heart, well, then I've I've already broken it. Right. And that's what that that I that I, I wish is where we could get people to uh, 
to be with regard to the law. It's always going to convict you. It's always going to accuse you. Lex semper accusa. The law always accuses. So there is no relief in the law. And that can only be found in God's gracious pronouncement of forgiveness. That I forgive you. Yes, you've broken all these laws, but my son has kept them. And he's paid the penalty for, for all of your breaking of the law. And he, therefore, says, I forgive you. And whether you believe it or not, whether you like it or not, it stands true because God has said this. And just like the let it be of creation, the you are forgiven stands true. And he calls us then to faith in that and to find comfort in his that that universal declaration of, of absolution. But Chad, wouldn't you agree that Second Corinthians, Second Chronicles seven, is about the United States? If my people, which are called, shall humble them by my name, shall humble. Is that? Can, can you explain exactly? Help us understand. Yeah, you know there there are alternate Hebrew readings where actually, yeah, the uh, the author of Chronicles inserted United States of America. <laughs> I hear a. a, a, a I hear a bald eagle. Um, yeah, I can go to the Christian bookstore and get the uh, the American Patriots Bible. Uh, it's got a picture of the founding fathers on it. Um, and yeah, I mean there are yeah there are there's there are memes out there which you know Jesus is wrapped in in the red white and blue and you know it's it is sad. I guess it kind of goes back to maybe to our founding you know we we saw ourselves as a new promised land and we are so, see ourselves as kind of the the beacon of righteousness for the world and uh, I am not un american i'm i I love our country i love I love our nation, uh, but we cannot pretend that we are Israel yeah. we cannot pretend that we are the the new promised land because when we do that, we read that understanding into the scriptures mm-hmm. and we just pervert them to mean something that they that they never 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 were intended to to mean and we often say on the on 40 minutes in the old testament that you know just like israel as a as a political as a political nation uh is of no more theological importance now than america is or germany i mean what what the new israel is the church that's, that's right that's where god is that's yeah. the new promised land uh, just like Jesus told the the woman at Samaria, you know, there's coming a time when people will not worship on your mountain, the Samaritan mountain Gerizim, or in Jerusalem, but they're going to worship in spirit and truth. And where that happens, that is that is the new temple, that's the new holy land, that's the that's the new Israel. So yeah, uh, don't Americanize, <laughs> don't Americanize the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. An argument could even be made, Chad, that you're actually more American than we are because you're Texan, right? Like <laughs> you're you're a part of a state that can quit anytime it wants to become a sovereign nation. You know, so there's actually an argument to be made that you're more American than we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe the reason, maybe the reason you think that it's not a Second Chronicle seven is not about America is because you think it's about Texas. Uh, That's uh, probably what. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, yeah, the promised land. Well, speaking, of, you you wrote an article last week that I, I shared uh, far and wide. Uh, hashtag preaching mm, uh, yeah, about yeah. about speaking to cultural, social, political issues from the pulpit, and I had I had written uh, an email to our congregation about a week earlier um, about the fact uh, that 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 attempted to say what you ended up saying much better a week later um 
and and one of those is that we are letting ourselves be catechized by cable news. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, whether it yeah. is whether it is um, whether it, you're on the right and you watch Fox News Channel, or you're on the left and you watch Rachel Maddow and MSNBC. E- each night when those shows come on, they you know they'll, they'll say tonight on Hannity or tonight on Rachel Maddow, and then they will go on to say they're going to tell you what we're going to talk about tonight, and it is always get a load of this crap. You are going to be so mad when we tell you what happened today. Oh yeah, absolutely. You've seen the the tweets that say, "All right, Twitter, what are we mad about today?" Right? Like that. That's essentially the same thing. All right, viewers, here's what we can be angry about and outraged about today. Here's what we can find our righteousness in besides Jesus. You ready? Write this down. So yeah, I, I was. It's a, it's a rage machine. I, I'm gonna. We're gonna share your article in our show notes uh, for this episode a, as well. And and so I was encouraged to hear you say. Um, the church has a message and the mess, and it, it's a, it's a unique message that, 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 uh, of Christ and his, and his work on our behalf. And it's, it's mm-hmm. bigger. And to talk about cultural issues is a, is to focus on minor things. I, I don't want to misstate what you said, but it was super helpful. And, and, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah. I, well, I, I mean, actually, this is based upon real conversations I've had where pastors almost feel guilted into into doing series that have to do with whatever the cultural issue might be. And as we know, it's constantly in flux. I mean, yeah, we all know what it is right now, but what's going to be in a month yeah. or what's going to be this fall? And if we let our preaching be dictated by the tumults of society, then we are, we're not really preaching the scriptures. We're just reacting. And the church does enough reacting. <laughs> we, 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 we react enough. Uh, you know, we're against this. We're against it. Well, how about being proactive and, and actually bringing people into a different sort of story, a different sort of culture, uh, a different narrative that isn't about whatever is trending on Twitter right now, but instead a narrative that's focused on Christ? Because, I mean, if we're, if we're just going to basically ape society and parrot whatever is said on the news, even in a disagreeable sort of way, well, then what good are we? You know, what good is the church? You can always find commentators on the left or right or the middle who are going to say different sorts of things, and you can, you know, you can get that from them. So if all we're basically going to be is sort of a religious politicians or, you know, religious DJs, then what, what good are we? So we've got to, we've got to keep people back to the scriptures and back to that story and immersed in that holy culture so that we can, you know, we can, we can make it through this world and we can actually be that light in the darkness and that witness to the, to the truth. Yeah. And, and to be clear, um, what we're not saying is that we shouldn't call a spade a spade, that, that we don't care about, um, the, the brokenness around us and we don't care about, um, our brothers and sisters of, of color, um, getting disparaged and getting tore down and getting beaten. And we, when we just gonna, you know, we're gonna stick our heads in the sand and we're gonna pretend, well, we'll, we'll stop this and, until this goes away, um, and act like it's not a big deal. And we'll, we'll hide behind a, a rhetoric, uh, so that we don't have to get involved. We're actually saying the opposite. We're saying, Hey, remember every week when we tell you that like the, you're totally depraved and that the whole world is broken and sin affects everything. 
here you go. It's it's more it's more on display than it ever has been, and we're actually being people of hope. You know, I had the opportunity, a uh, buddy of mine, uh, my best friend, uh, Michael, is is uh, going and taking a pastorate in Mississippi, and I had the opportunity to. Um, fill in for him the past couple uh, weeks uh, prior and in, in right in the height of all that, I, I tried to, I was felt, felt the same pressure, right? Like what, what do we do here? What do we say here? Do we not say anything at all? What do you do? And I was just reminded like, no, actually we have hope here. We have the gospel. We have, have an answer um, for the brokenness around us. And so we can even properly lament about what's happening, either because uh, we caused some of the brokenness through our actions and how we care for our neighbor, or because of this this brokenness, whether it be disease, whether it be racism, whether it be whatever uh, is happening to us, we can feel the groaning that Romans 8 talks about uh, because sin's broken everything, but we can also say, but Jesus, right? Jesus um, did the thing we couldn't do in doing just as much for us in his perfect obedience so that he could be the perfect sacrifice so that he was uh, approved and raised from the dead and the sins at the right hand of the Father. And he sits down. Like, the sitting down um, proves that it's done. And the good news in that is every time something happens that outrages the left or the right, Jesus doesn't get up, right? <laughs> he still sits and he still reigns because he's got got a hope and he's got an answer for it. Um, and, and that's, that's the thing we can call people back to so that we can say, it's not that we don't care. It's that this is just another level of brokenness and the, the hope of the gospel is still true. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I'm into that. Well, Chad, thanks so much for joining us. One quick question. I, I, we, you've got us, you've got to, uh, answer a debate that we're having, uh, about seminary training, uh, on languages um and and whatever you say will will answer this finally and you'll be fully and finished uh do, do men and do, do do seminarians need to learn the languages the way that that you learned them greek and hebrew vocabulary writing out characters uh, or do they just need to use language tools like logos or accordance oh yeah yeah well i no, uh, no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, you need to learn the languages. Uh, the the problem with just using tools is that you really don't know the language. I mean, so I mean, I I, I don't know Spanish. Uh, I suppose I could find something that's going to help me, you know, tool around with Spanish, but I don't really know it. So there's a there's a very high likelihood that my use of the tools is actually going to lead me to some wrong conclusions. You know, because it, we know from our own language just how many idioms there are, these particular expressions, which, if translated literally, makes absolutely no sense. And we know the way that our speech is patterned. Well, it's just like that with the Hebrew or Greek. You've got you've to know the language before you can really use the tools. I'm not saying that somebody can't use a, you know, a concordance and look at things like that. But, uh, but you really, to, to rightly use the tools then you need to learn the languages and then the tools can help you with those languages, but you at least need to kind of a, an elementary understanding of, of, of the language themselves in order to 
use the tools the way that they were uh, meant to be used. So uh, Scott was hoping you would, uh, yeah, Scott was hoping you were going to side with him, uh, but Kevin Hale, that was for you. Um, There you go. Um, Kevin, my my pastor and and mentor and the guy that's been guiding me through, through seminary. Um, (laughs) He's all the time going, Hey, you know, you can use the software if you want to, but I, I need you to memorize you know, the, the languages. I need you to actually tangibly learn the languages. You know, he's working on his doctorate and, um, working through, um, developing a program to help train guys, um, that, you know, can be bi vocational if they can't just pack it up and move to RTS or, or WTS or wherever. Um, and one of his big deals that, that kind of is a point of contention in our presbytery is he's going, Oh, you need this many hours of language study. And, and all the, the bi vocational guys are all the guys that are like, man, that, that just want to use the software. Like, Kevin, that's not practical. He's like, I'm sorry. It's not practical. This is what you need to do. <laughs> And so there you go, Kevin. That's that's just for you, buddy. Well, what what Gage and 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 Chad, what you don't realize is I'm going to edit out this answer. For <laughs> I, I, was, right. I was I was planning to I was planning to, to use this if he had agreed with me. I was going to be sort of a, sort of a mic drop. Uh, uh, you have the uh, you have the power of the edit button. Yes, right? it's going to be fake news. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well. Hey, uh, Chad, thanks so much for joining us today and taking some time out of your morning to visit. Yeah, with us. you bet. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. It's been fun. And, uh, yeah, and, and folks, we're going to put some of the resources that we've talked about in the show notes, uh, a link to uh, 40 minutes in the Old Testament and, uh, uh, some of, a link to some of Chad's books and, and, uh, Chad, we're going to, we're going to do a giveaway on our, uh, uh, our, our, our podcast is going to purchase one of your books and give away to some one of our listeners. Which book of yours do you recommend we give? What, what, what Chad Bird book do Presbyterians most need to read? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. Uh, if they want to know a little bit more about my story, mm-hmm. then read Night Driving, mm-hmm. which is a spiritual autobiography. But if they want to know a little bit more about uh, the theology of the cross and how it is reflected, especially in, in the Old Testament, then either your God is too glorious or upside down spirituality. Either, either one of, either one of those would be good. My newest one is upside down spirituality, the nine essential failures of a faithful life. So you might, uh, might pick that one. That'd be a, that'd be good. We'll give away. For sure. My favorite chapter so far is go home heart. You're drunk. That's, that's gotta be, <laughs> gotta be my favorite. I'm about halfway through the book. Um, I've loved it so far. And I, I read, uh, your God is too glorious. Uh, so night driving has got to be next on the list, man. It's thoroughly appreciative of your work there. Um, we may just, uh, get the set and, and give, give it away that way. I don't know. We'll, we'll, I'll talk to Scott and see what we want to do there. Um, anything else, uh, that's, that's in the, um, in the queue that you you guys are working on right now, you're, I know you're all the time coming up with new podcasts too. Yeah, well, most of my time has been spent, uh, especially during the quarantine days, uh, writing my next book. So I'm I'm very very close. I'm uh, maybe a week away from finishing it. So it's called Unveiling Mercy. It's and the subtitle is 365 Daily Devotions on based on insights from Old Testament Hebrew. So it's a, a yearly uh, a devotional for the entire year. Each devotion is, is pretty is pretty brief. It takes a Hebrew word and then a verse, 
And then it, uh, it unpacks that a little bit and shows what it means, gives a couple of Old Testament examples, and then it makes the connection to, to the New Testament and to the work of Christ. So I've had a, just so much fun doing that. Uh, and I think it's really going to be a great resource for, uh, for the, for the church. It's not written for people who know Hebrew. If you know Hebrew, yeah, it'd be great. But if you don't, that's great. It's just, it's, it's written. It's, it's, it's intended to be a, a meaty devotional. You know, it's, it's not just kind of shallow fluff. It's intended to drive you into the scriptures and in a very, very precise sort of way, open up your, your mind to understand a little bit more about the Old Testament and how it points to the work of Christ. So that will come out probably, I'm guessing November. Um, we'll probably have some copies late October, but pre-orders will probably begin in, in November. Or I mean, the, the, the book actually probably be ready in November. That way it's, you know, it's ready for Christmas time. And of course, for the beginning of the year when the devotionals will begin. So unveiling mercy, keep your eyes out for that. Awesome. Well, hey, folks, thanks, uh, Chad. Thanks for joining us. And folks, thanks for listening to another episode of Assurance of Pardon. You can find us on all the social media platforms. Uh, uh, also, like, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, thanks for joining us. God bless.